More season reviews and a player entering the transfer portal. There's a lot of stuff to get to on today's Locked On Global podcast. Let's get right on into it. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props. Just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Home. Excuse me where I also do some PA announcement work for the university. Um, I want to take this time as always to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Lockdown Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week. Your team, every day, will get into more season reviews from the Louisville men's basketball team. Um, this episode will be dedicated to L. Ellis and Dre Davis. And then, the defi- and then in the final segment, we will talk about uh, Gabe Wisnitzer entering the transfer portal and what that means for the men's basketball program going forward. Um, Starting out, though, uh, season review number two of the series. The first one was uh, dedicated to Sidney Curry last Friday. If you haven't checked that out, you can find that on all streaming services. Um, But this one dedicated to L. Ellis, um, like Sidney Curry, a former JUCO star that came into Louisville, kind of had some some growing pains, some uh, ups and downs through the season. Uh, overall, on the year, averaged 8.7 points per game, 1.9 rebounds, 1.6 assists, uh, while shooting 39% or 30, I should basically about 40% from the field and um, 36% from behind the arc. So nothing that's going to step out, um, you know, off the page. I remember going on record before the season saying that it would not surprise me if L. Ellis would be scoring in double figures. Uh, granted, um, he was very close to that mark, close to the nine points per game average. Um, but ultimately, I think that this season brought forth a lot of, you know, um, you know, a, a solid learning curve for Ellis. Um, you know, some ups and downs, some growing pains, um, stuff like that. I was impressed by the way he handled himself throughout the season, even, you know, when he was starting, when he was coming off the bench. I felt like he approached the game with the same level of execution, regardless of what his role is, whether or not he played 15 minutes or 30, 33 minutes. So overall, I, I think that he was you know, pretty consistent overall. Um, his best game as a Cardinal this season goes back to that um, overtime loss to North Carolina back on February 1st, in which the um, North Carolina native had 25 points to go on with two rebounds, two assists, shot the ball uh, five for 11 from behind the arc. If you remember that game, he lit it up in the second half, really um, kept the Cardinals in it when it seemed like the Tar Heels were going to pull away. Here comes L. Ellis hitting, I think it was like four threes in a row or something like that. It was a, it was a string of consecutive made threes for Ellis. And um, overall, that, that, that kind of showed me the, you know, the the dynamic that L. Ellis uh, can possibly get this offense to in the future. Uh, there were a lot of people on Twitter calling uh, L. Ellis' season basically like, like a sophomore Russ Smith. Um, I like that in a couple different ways. Um, number one, I, I think that there was um, 
some instances to where L tried to do too much. The shot selection was a little bit questionable and um, tried to, um, you know, push the envelope a little bit too much when it comes to, um, you know, trying to force offense. Um, but, <clears throat> excuse me, but ultimately, I, I think that this comparison holds up because of the potential that we saw from him. You know, although he only scored less than nine points, it's kind of like Sidney Curry. You see the potential. The potential is there. If you watch the games, you understood that he was one of Louisville's best players this past year. So I, I think that at the end of the day, you have to be, um, you know, aware of the context and realize that, you know, there really wasn't a number one scorer on the team this season, but L. Ellis has the tools, has the offensive tool set to possibly be a number one scorer, kind of like Sidney Curry um, has as well in his respective rights. So um, in, in terms of if L. Ellis will come back next season, if there are a couple players that you would feel like would come back, L. Ellis is probably in that group along with Sidney Curry, um, you know, et cetera. But obviously nothing is set in stone. Um you know, we'll talk about the first player entering the transfer portal here in the final segment of this show. But ultimately, I really was impressed with what I saw from L. If he does decide to come back, we'll talk. We're talking. You know, what we could see from him in 2022-23. Personally, I think that this is a situation to where you know he could be flirting with all ACC level recognition, kind of like Sidney Curry, uh, with the right development over the summer, with the right coaching staff in place. I really am buying into, you know, his, um, you know, progression as he goes throughout his career. Um, ultimately, I, I really, I, I mean, I, I think that from a point guard perspective, I think we're going to see L. Ellis as more of a, um, you know, a ball dominant guard in his second season, assuming that he comes back. Um, I think that when, when the ball was in his hands, yes, you know, there were some issues with some turnovers. There were some issues with, um, you know, trying to do too much on offense, but I think that that's all all a part of the process. Like you have to give these time these guys some time to kind of go through their mistakes and correct them and stuff like that. Um, when it comes to what he needs to improve on for year two, I think overall field goal percentage, uh, shooting under forty percent is not necessarily a good level. Um, and it really just kind of comes down to, you know, not necessarily hunting shots, but letting the offense come to him. I think next year his role in offense is going to be a little bit uh, more increased. So he will have to, um, you know, be forced to, you know, direct the offense in a little bit more of a, of a distinguished fashion. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I do think that, um, I mean, I really would be buying stock into, you know, L. Ellis's 2022-23 uh, season. Uh, but kind of a little recap from this year. Uh, I was looking back to see how many games he scored in double figures here for Louisville. You have to understand, uh, the first, uh, I think, uh, until December, um, L. Ellis crossed the 20-minute mark one time. That was against Detroit Mercy. Um, up until then, um, his next time crossing the 20-minute mark was on January 8th against Florida State, and that's when he kind of started seeing the uptick in minutes. So I think when you look at these averages of like eight, you know, nine points per game, two rebounds, two assists, you have to understand the fact that he only played um, over 20 minutes per game twice at, uh, until the Florida State game. So, um, you know, just something to keep in mind, um, scored a, multiple times in double figures, um, you know, after that. <clears throat> so I think at the end of the day, 
uh, a pretty solid season that probably matches the expectations that I had for him. Um, I expected him to score in double figures, but uh, considering the usage, considering the minutes per game on a nightly basis, I think it kind of checks out in terms of the uh, per 36 minutes. Um, overall, when when you look at what could possibly happen next year, I, I think that he looks to take the next step in his game. You know, pretty solid defender. I look for him to being a starting guard again. Um, but ultimately, it's going to depend on, you know, his efficiency uh, shooting the ball. I think that uh, he'll be more comfortable leading the offense. You're going to see that uh, in uptick in assist numbers, probably in rebounds as well. And I think that he could possibly be flirting with all ACC level recognition. He has that, um, you know, that potential to take Louisville to the next level, him and Sidney Cray both. So <clears throat> hopefully uh, for Louisville's sake, um, you know, L. Ellis decides to stick around with the next head coach and, and go into next season as a Cardinal. Um, but obviously nothing is set in stone. But if he does, then, you know, the Cardinals have a, a solid piece to build around for next season. Um, we'll take this time now to transition into the next player of the show that we'll be talking about in terms of a season review. That is sophomore Dre Davis. Um, we will talk about what he did this season along with um, the chances of him coming back here in just a second, I think we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, uh, Stat Hero. Look, I love March Madness and I love brackets. I love filling out brackets, but I really can't remember the last time I actually went deep or even won any money in like a company pool or anything like that. This year, however, you should be hedging your bets with Stat Hero's NCAA Pick'em contests. The NCAA single Pick'ems pits the star players against each um, against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Um, it gives you the advantage resulting in their gamers winning four times uh, more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you choose. Um, this is what Daily Fantasy was simply made to be. Um, sorry, I had to clear my throat. Um, so do yourself a favor. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on. For a 100% deposit match, that's stathero.com slash locked on while using the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen every day. Um, as always, just a reminder the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, including YouTube. There is a new YouTube page, by the way. Um, you can find that five days a week, your team, every day. So we addressed, um, you know, we delivered L. Ellis's season review. Still going down the line, um, sticking with guard play. We'll go with Dre Davis. Um, Dre averaged seven point four points per game this season, three rebounds, .8 assists while shooting the ball, forty two percent from the field, and um, uh, twenty point eight percent from behind the arc. So uh, looking into what he did last year compared to this year, it's pretty, pretty close. Um, the same exact amount of points. Um, he averaged 3.2 rebounds last year, three rebounds this year. He averaged 1.1 assists last year, 0.8 this year. Um, the biggest um, fluctuations, so to speak, come in the uh, shooting percentages. He shot about 3% better from the field this season, uh, but about 4% worse from behind the arc and i think for dre davis um although you don't see it on the stat sheet i think that he was one of the more consistent performers for louisville um throughout this season so i think that when you look at what his season um was all about 
I think that um, you know, hopefully next year with some with with um with solid coaching and stuff, we will we'll be able to see him take the next step. Um, a lot of people were looking for him to um, jump to the next level in his sophomore season. Statistically speaking, that wasn't necessarily the case. And really, uh, for the most part, there weren't many players on this team that did take it to the next level. So um, it, it seems like that's really not Andre. That's not on any of these players individually. Um, so, but looking ahead to, um, you know, next season, we'll do that here in just a second. Uh, looking at what Dre Davis's best game as a Cardinal was. Look, he had a bunch of very solid performances. I thought that um, probably his best performance probably comes against Miami. Uh, 18 points, um, six rebounds, shot the ball 53.8% from the field. Um, other contending games include Detroit Mercy, where he had 18 and nine while shooting 50% from the field. Um, but uh, a couple, uh, not really a couple, a, a slew of um, multiple games where he scored in double figures. Um, whether or not really he's going to come back next season, I've heard some conflicting reports. There, there's been you know some people that say on one hand that Dre Davis will stay regardless of the, who the head coach is, and there's other people on the other hand that say, well, with Chris Mack gone, who was a big factor of why Dre came to Louisville in the first place, he may look to go elsewhere. So I think this is one of those where – where he's probably probably on the fence, I would say. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he stayed, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he left. And you have to assume if Dre decided to leave that his little brother, Tay Davis, who is um, a signee of the 2022 class, would probably also be asked to be let out of his letter of intent and would likely follow Dre wherever he went as sort of a package deal. Now, whether or not that that's set in stone or whether or not there would be a package deal, that's yet to be seen. But it was it's probably to be assumed that that is the case. Um, but obviously you hope that he's here because if he's here, not only do you get a, a veteran leader, um, but you also get um, his little brother who, who's supposed to be pretty good as well. So, uh, But even though the statistics didn't necessarily show the um, – the progression, I guess you should say. Um, I think that Dre Davis was uh, one of the more consistent performers for the Cardinals this season, even though he uh, kind of regressed as a three-point shooter, has to get better at shooting the ball from behind the arc. I think that what you saw from him each and every game that he played was just the same amount of effort and energy. Um, for a team that one of the biggest, um, you know, kind of concerns throughout the season was this team just doesn't look like they care. You couldn't say that with Dre Davis. He was one of the players that um, always gave it his all. Um, very solid defensively, gave his all offensively. You know, ran both ends of the court, um, played extremely hard on both ends. So, I think at the end of the day, yeah, um, there was probably a little bit to be desired in terms of maybe him taking a, a step up as a scorer, but that didn't necessarily happen in his sophomore season. Um, the good thing about it is, you know, the effort did not waver and there is some potential going into year three. So what assuming that Dre does come back, what is the expectation for him? What are you looking for for Dre Davis in year three with the Cardinal program under a new head coach, whoever that may be? Um, I think there's a couple of things. Uh, number one. I look for him to improve his three-point shooting. Now, obviously, he's not going to become a 40% three-point shooter overnight. I would like for him to um, at least get it back to where he was as a freshman. 
I know he took more attempts this season, but getting it back to that 25.8% um, and even trying to raise that, uh, you know, the best case scenario is getting it into the lower 30s. Um, <clears throat> I think that that would kind of be the, the biggest thing that I feel like Dre needs to improve on is getting into that range of three-point shooting to where he is a respectable three-point shooter. Um, the other thing is I think that we'll see him um, kind of take an uptick in scoring, uh, starting to come a little bit more in terms of his offensive identity. Now, what does that look like? Well, it's it's nothing that's going to shatter the earth or you know, set the world on fire. Um, but I do think um, possible double-digit scoring is not off the table here for Dre Davis, considering he's averaging seven points per game. So um, I think that – Dre is definitely a, a solid complimentary piece. Hopefully this team will have a number one scorer next season. Um, but he would be a player that would be right in, in the mix of <coughs> of um, you know, production next year and whether or not he would be starting. That's kind of um, yet to be determined, but he would definitely be a key rotational piece at the very least. I'm not saying he wouldn't be a starter. I'm not saying he would be a starter. I think it really kind of depends on who the next head coach is. Um, but ultimately, I, I do feel like next season could be pretty solid for Dre. Uh, I, I believe that um, you know him working on just being a better finisher at the rim. That's one of his you know, main things. Is why you know he's very solid offensively. Um, you know, it is his ability to you know drive to the basket, use his size to exploit mismatches, etc. So. I, I look for Dre Davis to take that next step forward in his game. Hopefully he comes back as well. He's a player that um, really could be poised for a you know possible respective breakout year in year three. Um, now obviously nothing you know like doubling his points totals or anything like that, but I do think being a double-digit scorer is not off the table for Dre Davis in year three if he decides to come back. But obviously um, that on top of you know becoming a better perimeter shooter is probably on the forefront of what you're looking for him in year three so let's hope he comes back we'll um obviously any news that comes out we will address that so um but with the final segment of the show the men's basketball program had their first uh player transfer and that is in the form of big man gabe wisnitzer he's leaving the cardinal program or assumingly leaving the cardinal program after two years um as a cardinal we will discuss what that means for the program moving forward after we talk about our friends over at Run Your Pool. March Madness is here. It's the best time of the year. That means you need, you should have been already thinking about it, but you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Um, are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here and we're running our brackets with runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize up to $1,800, join us at runyourpool.com. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness in the promo code section at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize up to $1,800. Also, I want to take this time to talk about our friends at Bet Online. It's that time of the year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info, and it remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And look, it's not just basketball. <clears throat> Bet Online is your. <clears throat> 
Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Final segment of the show dedicated to Gabe Wisnitzer transferring from the Louisville program or entering the transfer portal. I guess he could come back, but it is all to be assumed that he is likely going to be playing elsewhere next season. And frankly, I do not blame him. Um, unfortunately, this is one of those to where Louisville fans probably are not all that surprised. Didn't necessarily see um, you know an increased role in year two. He was kind of an underrated guy coming out of high school to where you know multiple you know a lot of people were kind of questioning. Hey, look, is Gabe Wisnitzer Louisville level? You know, we gave uh, Chris Mack the benefit of the doubt. Uh, hopefully, are uh, hoping that he was going to be able to. Um, develop um, you know in year three or four as a you know a, a, a solid depth piece came into Louisville a year younger I believe he reclassified as well so spent his first season kind of learning the ropes um, this year however uh, not necessarily uh, a, a jump in um, you know production or anything like that um, appeared in 12 games his first year only five his second year um, played 0.4 minutes uh, more per game this season um, shot a hundred percent from the field. I think that that's pretty neat. I had to go back and look to see how many shots he actually took. Um, but he, like I said, he played five games. He only attempted shots in that game against NC state a hundred percent from the field uh, four rebounds all year long, one assist, one block um, accumulated seven personal fouls and turned the ball over one time. So he scored two points this whole season. So um, like I said, he had the injury to start the year out. I think it was like a hand injury or something like that that prevented him from seeing time against some of the uh, the um, the the lesser talented teams, the non-conference opponents um, early on in the season. But the emergence of Sidney Curry and uh, Roosevelt Wheeler seemingly beating out Gabe Wisnitzer for those minutes kind of uh, left him as the odd man out in this situation. That really doesn't really shouldn't surprise anyone that he is um, leaving going forward. Um, we wish him the best of luck, as always. Hopefully, he is able to land on his feet somewhere where he's able to get significant playing time and be featured as a significant portion of the offense. But um, for Louisville moving forward, really all this does is just kind of makes it critical that um, the team ad addresses the front court depth. Um, you know, Frederick King is coming in, so I guess you could say they maybe will switch spots. Uh, or assuming he's coming in, obviously, sometimes you never know. This roster could look extremely different here in the next couple weeks, um, depending on who in, enters the transfer portal, who's the next head coach, who are some of the guys that the next head coach looks to bring in. Um, but with Malik Williams gone, um, with Gabe Wisnitzer gone, that currently leaves Sidney Curry, Jalen Withers, and um, Roosevelt Wheeler in the front court. So, and Frederick King, if you want to talk about talk about big men. Um, so four big men, um, Sidney Curry looks to be a starter. Um, you know, Jalen Weathers decides to come back. He would be a significant part on the team as well. Ultimately, I think that um, really all this does means that you need to get more depth in the front court, um, <clears throat> not to disrespect Gabe or anything like that. Um, but they're not necessarily have to, having to replace a ton of production. Um, a minute per game was just uh, the odd player out, unfortunately. Uh, like I said, wish him the best of luck. Um, it just didn't seem like he was going to be Louisville level. 
um, you know, after the first season, despite being, you know, you know, younger, had a solid game against Georgia Tech his first time around against Moses Wright, the ACC player of the year last year. Um, so, like I mentioned, wish him the best of luck, but shouldn't surprise anyone. All it really means for Louisville moving forward is that the team needs to address their depth. So um, that's basically going to be the content of today's show. Um, a shout-out before we go first to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. You can check that out over at cardinalsportszone.com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Louisville your first to listen every day. Uh, tomorrow's episode, we will incorporate the mailbag um, into tomorrow's episode. Um, we'll do more season reviews and stuff like that. I haven't decided who's going to be on the season reviews. I think it's probably going to be Jared West and Noah Locke. Um, we could also get into Teddy Bridgewater possibly signing with the Miami Dolphins, etc. So um, uh, do yourself a favor, though, however, um, at, at this point, make your second lesson locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy, a former NFL cornerback, Eric Crocker, brings the NFL Draft to life every day with inside analysis on college football prospects. And NFL front offices, it's a free, it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Um, as always, the Locked On Level podcast is free on all streaming services. Well, there is a new YouTube page, so be able to check get, check that out. Um, uh, you can check that out on YouTube. At Lock, you can search Locked On Level podcast. I think there's like 30 subscribers. Um, it's that it's not the one with 160. Just so you know. Um, and as always, I appreciate everyone for sharing, subscribing, rating, liking, listening to the podcast on whatever streaming service that they use. Um, but that is going to be all for this Tuesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. Go Cards. And we will see you right back here tomorrow.